Albert, and we love you. I want you to come take your liberty before I get to being silly here. Amen. Come preach to me tonight. God bless you. Uh, thank you, Pastor. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Can we clap our hands to the Lord right now? Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Ah, somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Ah, it doesn't stop there. Can somebody shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph tonight? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need you, Jesus. How many came, how many came expecting God to do something in your life? Tonight, hallelujah. Certainly feel the presence of the Lord that's in this place. Feels good in the house. Feels good in the house. Oh, if you haven't noticed around here, church family, it's revival time. I said, if you haven't noticed, it's revival time. It's revival time. So in line with Pastor, when he preached this morning, such a timely message. Such a timely message. And you could just see God at work so clearly, so clearly. I'm going to continue right down that vein. Church family, we're going to continue right down that vein. It's revival time. It's revival time. If you have your Bibles, John 4. We're going to go to John 4 and 6. Thanks again, Pastor, for this opportunity. Don't take it lightly. We just hope and pray we found the mind of God. I believe I have for tonight. Just need a church family to get on board with me. Help me preach, help me preach. This is revival time. John 4 and 6. So glad to see you. Church family, big old elder. Elder over there. God bless you. Grace and peace be multiplied under your praying for your pastor. Praying for him. Make a full recovery. Praying for him. John 4 and 6. If you got it, say amen. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus therefore being, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which I am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest ask of him, and he would have given thee living water. Given thee living water. Going to take from a subject, subject tonight, when God changes your story. Said when God changes your story. Ah, church family, it's revival time and God's reaching. Ah, God's reaching for somebody tonight, whether in person or online. But I'm telling you, when God changes your story, I'm talking about you. He's drawing you. He's reaching for you. And he's here to change your story. 
Hallelujah. Will we go to the Lord in prayer right now? Oh, living spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us tonight. God, work, work, do a work in this house. Speak your word with clarity. Speak your word with clarity, God. Speak it with clarity. God, do a work. Reach down and grab the heart of man. God, you know, you know what I don't know. Jesus, direct us. Let your word pierce. Do a work. We'll be careful to give you all the glory and all the honor. And would somebody clap your hands against the Lord one more time? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Oh, church family, I hope you came to have church on a Sunday night. Oh, feel God. I feel him in the house. Uh, so many times we've heard of stories that have, people have had life-changing experiences. Whether it be uh, winning a lottery, winning a lump sum of money, or a devastating event as a car accident, or some kind of tragedy in their life, and they'll say, it was life-changing. But from my text tonight, and we'll get into it here in just a little bit, that God comes around and he will change your life. And I'm here to introduce somebody to a life-changing God. I said I'm here to in introduce to you of a life-changing God. Uh, but is God, he, he, he's going to draw you, he's going to draw you. But I'm here to encourage you to make the right choice. To make the right choice when God calls Answer the call of God for your life. Because he said his spirit is not always going to strive with man. But he does want you to be saved. He wants you to be saved. And he's here for you. I want us to look here at Joshua 24. Joshua 24 verse 14. I want us to take a look at it here. Joshua is talking to the children of Israel on his deathbed or as his his last speech because if we read down he ended up dying but he's talking and he's giving them the stuff that God has all done to bring them out of Egypt and to bring them over the Red Sea and over through the Jordan River uh, he goes on and he comes down to verse 14 and I want us to look here it says now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. I said serve ye the Lord. And it, it goes on verse 50 and it's, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your father served were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwelled. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. <laughs> Would somebody say amen? But if you look here, he said, if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord. 
Ma, I can't believe that statement was even made if it seemed evil to you. How much more, how can anybody say serving God is evil? How can anybody say serving God is it will, to no effect? But I'm here to tell somebody, this is the best decision to serve God. That'll be the best decision you ever made in your life. It says, choose you this day whom you will serve. I said tonight, it's choosing time. It's choosing time for somebody in the house. It's choosing time. It's here for you to get off the fence and say, I don't know. I'm just not sure what to do here. But it said, choose you this day. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Either the God of the devil or God that's real. A God, a living God that's real that can save and heal to the utmost. So when God changes your story, the children of Israel had went through many things. As many of you know, he went down, took them out of Egypt. They were a destitute, oh, they were slaves. But God sent them a leader, Moses, and brought them up out of the miry clay and set their feet on a rock to stay, brought them through the Red Sea and delivered them. And here they are with Joshua, their second leader, has brought them through the Jordan River. And as on his deathbed, his last speech, he's telling them, choose you this day. And, and I think to myself, how, how, have mercy that he even had to have this speech with them. After all that God had done for him. I said after all that God had done for him. And he still had to tell him, choose you this day. That means to say some people were still on the fence. I said some people were still on the fence after everything that he did for him. Oh, I'm going to preach here. How many of us are still on the fence? Trying to figure out, oh, what, 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 do, do I really want to serve God? Do I really want to give him my all? Do I really want to give him my all? Do I trust him enough? Do I trust him enough? I said, do I trust him enough that he'll do everything that he promised me? Said, choose you this day. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Whether it be the gods that your father served or the gods of the Amorites in whose land. But I love Joshua at the end. He says, but as for me in my house. He said, I'm just going to declare something. You might be on the fence, but I'm not on the fence. I said, I'm not on the fence. Joshua said, I'm not on the fence. He said, as for me and my house. How many do I have in my appreciated body that's made that decision? As for me and my house. Oh, I believe I'm talking to the true church right now. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Say it's choosing time. It's choosing time tonight. It's choosing time. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. Let's look at here. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusing themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. He just named a pretty bleak list there. Oh, of some sins. That many of us must just say, all of us, 
We can find ourselves somewhere in that list. We can find ourselves somewhere in that list. But I'm so glad it doesn't stop there. And it says, and such were some of you, but you are washed. Ah, thank God. Thank God for the blood. Said, thank God for the blood that washes all my sins away. It says, but you were washed. (laughs) Ah, but you were sanctified. But you are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You tried it yourself. You tried everything yourself. But my says, many of you, come on, somebody is choosing time. God's in the house. You're in the house. Or you listen online and you can give your life to God tonight. I said tonight, you let God rewrite your story. Let God turn us or turn you around. And such were some of us. So many times, so many times I talk to people. And when they come in here, they say, man, it looks so intimidating. Everybody looks good. Everybody looks like they're perfect. And I say, no, no, such were some of us. Such were some of us, but we've been washed. But we came in here and fell down an altar and say, God, I messed up the things of my own. I messed it up. I messed it up. God, I need you to do a work. I need you to fix my life. And that's the way God, where he wants you. He writes, that's where he wants you. Because a lot of times in our flesh, we want to do it. I said, we want to do it. We want to put it all together. God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going. And God said, okay, knock yourself out. I'll be here. I'll be here. And what happens? We go down life's road. Then all of a sudden, the devil, sin, life starts happening away from God. I said, away from God. God said, you leave me. I'll be right here waiting on you. Be right here waiting on you. We go off. We do our own thing some more. God said, I'm here. I'm waiting on you. I'll be here to join you. I'll be here waiting on you. Then all of a sudden, something finally clicks. Something finally clicks. And you better be glad when something finally clicks. I said, you better be glad when something finally clicks. Because grace and his mercy has brought us through. It brought us through. You better be glad. I want us to look here at 1 Peter 5 and 6. 1 Peter 5 and 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. Like I was just saying, we try to do it ourselves. We try. God, I know I messed up, but I'll fix it, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. God said, no, I don't want you to fix it, I want you to hand it to me. I want you to hand it to me, but what is? I was thinking about this. It's, it's, it's funny that the preceding verse of this scripture, right, says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. 
a lot of times we don't want to cast our cares, we don't want to give it to God, is a sign that we're not being humble. We're too proud to hand it to God. Because you say, oh, God, I, I'll take care of it. I, I got it. I got it. I'll do it. God said, cast all your care. Because I care for you. I died for you. Remember, I walked up Golgotha's hill after the brutal beating, the, the crown of thorns on my head, the cross. I walked up and hung, and I spilt my blood for you. He said, I'm, I'm waiting for you to cast all your care because I'm the one that cares for you. Don't you try to fix it. I said, somebody, don't you try to fix it. Hand it to God. Hand it to God because when you put it in the hands of God, he'll take care of it. He'll wash the slate clean because he died. His blood, his blood, he shed his blood for us. And he wants somebody to give him their life before he can come in and say, guess what? This story, it was starting out to be a bad story. Your life story starting out to be a bad story. But when God steps in, as they said, heard it many times, he said, when you're a friend of the author. Say, when you're a friend of the author. A friend, when an author is penning a book, man, it can be bleak. Gonna get a little comical right now. But if you read some kind of western or or some kind of book, man, all of a sudden you'll be pinned down upon every everything will be against the character. Any book readers in here in the place tonight? Everything will be against the main character. Everything will be against them. Man, it'll be pinned down. Seemed like five on one, five against one. But then the altar, I don't know how many, how many in here ever flip to the back of the book real fast, see if the main character still still is living, get a little scared, say, man, main character might die. Let me take, let me cheat a little bit. But that's all of us. God, he said the author and the finisher of our faith. Said the author and the finisher of my of our faith. Oh, pull that up real fast. Hebrews 10, excuse me, Hebrews 12 and 1. Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking, I said looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of God. Come on, somebody. The author, the author of your life that wants to come in and change that story. 
Then all of a sudden, you'll see that rider all of a sudden change. And all of a sudden, some supernatural power or something comes out of the whole situation. All of a sudden, the main character shoots out and he survives. And he's the hero at the end of the day. That's what I'm talking about when he comes in and changes your story. Because guess what? None of us are here by accident. I said none of us are here by accident. None of your stories, none of your, your challenges in life, none of that caught God by surprise. I said, none of that caught God by surprise. He's writing your story. He's writing your story day by day. I'm telling somebody, you're not here by accident. You thought you chose. Yes, you did choose to walk in here, but God knew it. And God was waiting on you because he wants to rewrite that story. He wants to change your story tonight. I said, choose God. Choose God. Telling somebody I'm striving with somebody. Choose them tonight. Choose them tonight. Don't delay. Don't delay. Reading, going back to our text tonight. We know the story as the woman. The woman at the well. We've heard it. If you've been to church, through church, in church, you, you've heard of this story. So familiar of a story. But as I was reading it, studying it myself, I noticed John. Seems like John is the only one that records this woman at the well. But as you know, it says in verse 8, For the disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. And right there, most of the disciples probably had went on. They were probably in this, but John stayed with Jesus. Walking up to this woman at the well, which was very controversial. Very controversial that God, Jesus, was even talking to the woman. And as we see here, picking up here at verse 9, Then saith the woman of severity to him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest the drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Very controversial that he reached down and even was talking to this woman. Just want to stop right here and say thank God for his grace and his mercy. Because he really had no sense reaching for my soul. Said he really had no sense. He knew I was going to mess up down the line, but he still went to cross for you and I. He still went to the cross and said, I know they're failing. I know, but I'm going to send them a comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to give them the power to live above sin. And in verse 9, we're going to verse, excuse me, verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink thou wouldest have asked. And he would have given thee living water. He said, you don't know. Woman, don't, 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 be, don't be surprised that I'm talking to you. You worry about asking the right questions. That's what you need to worry about. Because right now, this is going to be a divine moment. This is a divine moment moment verse 11 the woman saith unto him sir thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep from whence thou hast that living water 
Where are you going to get this water from? Jesus, where are you going to get the water from? Verse 12, Art thou greater than thy father Jacob, which giveth us the well and drank thereof himself and his children as cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of that water I shall give him, him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. Say, this water is going to be different. The water that I give you is going to be different. Samaritan woman, Samaritan woman, this water is going to be different. Like to think about this story from John's perspective. John's the writer looking at this story. Wonder what John was really thinking. Jesus, you're talking to a Samaritan. And I would imagine John looking sheepishly, Jesus, what you doing? What you doing? thinking should you really be talking to her a lot of times we read these stories and we shout because we know the end but remember they didn't know the end and when God was walking with them at all the miracles that he did you would have thought they would have got in line as you know Peter tried to deny did deny him Three times. And they saw the miracles. They saw the miracles. He saw the miracles. But it was a faith walk for them. But John, looking at this story, woman at the well. And I wonder if John noticed something different about the woman. I would imagine John could have sensed some things about the woman. As you and I do. When we meet people, you automatically try your best to relate to them, try to figure out what's going on in their life. But John is here listening to all this. Disciples have gone away, went away to buy meat. And I don't know if John notices it or not, the divine moment when God is changing his life, this woman's story. Verse 15, the woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said. I have no husband. 18, it says, For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, in that thou sayest truly. Imagine you talking to somebody, and somebody reads their mail like that. What would you do? 
sure John's, man, Jesus, <laughs> you just, you just told the truth there. But what Jesus was doing, changing, changing. He was changing the story, changing the story. He was drawing the picture. Woman, you've done it your way this long. You've done it this, you've done it your way. Look at what life has done to you. Look at the results of your decisions. Look at the results of the choices that you've made in your life. You come into the well when nobody else is around, trying to sneak in and sneak out. How many times have you done this? How many times have you been the reproach of everybody? How many times have you, man, I hope nobody sees me. I hope nobody sees me. I hope nobody knows really what I'm doing. I hope nobody sees that the shape I'm in. Nobody sees the distress that I'm going through. I hope nobody can tell. And if they do, I hope they don't tell nobody. I hope, I hope. But I'm so glad the woman answered honestly to Jesus. Verse 19, now the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Now it starts to click. Whoa, wait a minute. This is no ordinary man. Because I'm coming to the well at this specific time for that exact reason. I'm coming to get water for I don't have to talk to nobody. I'm sneaking in and out for I don't have. And this man stops me and tells me all about my life and the condition that it's in. And I want to believe somebody is there right now and perceive this. This is no ordinary moment. This is no ordinary moment. I, 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 I better really listen to what this man says. Because he's telling me some things that I didn't think nobody else knew. I didn't think nobody else knew. I was trying to avoid everybody. And this man stops me. It's here somebody tonight. It's mercy. It's mercy coming. Mercy's coming. Jesus said, I, I saw you on this night. I saw you on this night. And I'm stopping you in your, in your tracks. And I'm saying, give it to me. Let me, 
Let me start. Let me start rewriting. Let me start changing your story. But you got to be honest with me. You, you got to give it to God. Because as long as you carry it around. God said, I'm waiting. I, I'm just waiting for you to give it to me. I'm just waiting for you to give it to me. Because remember, I'm your friend. You're in my story. I'm writing this story out. And I, I'm going to change some things. If you give it to me, I can change some things. I perceive that thou art a prophet. I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem. Is this the place where men ought to worship? Jesus said unto our woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. You know what we worship for salvation of the Jews. Verse 23 now. But the hour cometh. And now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. 24, God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. How many... True worshipers do we have in the house? I said, how many true worshipers that just want to worship you in spirit and in truth? Because God, wait a minute, something's different. Something's different about this man. I perceive something's different, and I'm here to tell somebody something's different about this moment right now. Don't take it for granted. I said don't take it for granted. He's seeking worshipers. He's seeking worshipers. He's seeking worshipers. And I'm so glad he called me. I'm so glad he drew me. I'm so glad he reached for me. In spirit and in truth. I'm about done. 25, the woman said unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Hey, told this one, this is different. All that stuff you just said. Hey, woman, I know, I know things ain't right in your life. But guess what? You're talking to Jesus. You're talking to Jesus. You're talking to Jesus. And upon this, verse 27, upon this came his disciples and marveled. That he talked with the woman, yet no man said, What seeketh thou? Oh, why talkest thou with her? They was thinking it. They was thinking, Why are you talking to this lady? The woman, 
Then left her water pot and went in her way into the city and said to the men, Come see a man. Come see a man. Come see a man. Tell you, when you get converted, you won't have a problem opening up your mouth and telling somebody, Hey, I know a place. I know a place. I know a place where you can meet God. I know a place that you can come and get your story changed. Come see a man which told me all these things that I ever done, ever did. Is not this the Christ? All that stuff we've been talking about, he's here. He's here. It's got to be him. It's the Christ. It's the Christ. Come see a man. Then they went out to the city and came unto him. Let's all stand in the place right now. Musicians, come. Everything that I preach tonight, I feel like praying, God, give me a word. Give me a word for somebody's life. When God changes your story. We read the story. The woman at the well was going down a road that was going to end. It wasn't going to end well. And God stepped on the scene. Stepped on the scene. And said, woman, this is your day. This is your day. Let me rewrite. Let me start a new chapter. Let me rewrite the chapter right now. Let me rewrite this for you. But here you are. Here we all are. It's decision time. Are you going to keep holding it on? Carrying it everywhere around? Putting a bow on it? Making everybody think it's okay? I'm good. I'm okay. God said, I've just been waiting on you to give it to me. I've just been waiting on you. Been waiting on you. Waiting on you. To give you. To start that new chapter. To start the new chapter. It's decision time. Or you gonna let God change your story? Because notice I didn't say if God changes your story. I said when? Because if you give it to Him, He'll change it. I promise you. I promise you, He'll change it. He'll do some things that will surprise you. Some things that won't bother you no more. Those addictions, those things that you're struggling with, you won't, you won't have to worry about them anymore. Because guess what? You've been trying it all yourself. You've been trying it all by yourself. But God said, give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Church family, as we begin to pray,
all over the place right now. God wants to rewrite somebody's story. Oh God. Oh God. Help us. Help us to make the right choice. Help us to make the right choice. Just in case anybody's wondering, you're talking preacher, you're talking about changing my story. How, how do I let God change your story? I'm so glad just, just want to take you to Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? You've been talking about all this stuff. I'm pricked in my heart. I'm ready to change. But Peter, tell me, what, what do I do? He said, then Peter said, then repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's a promise. I promise you, if you give God your life, I promise you, I promise you, you won't regret it. I promise you, you won't regret it.